in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the Top 10 Show, I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. <laughs> we are here to uh, uh, read comments, questions, thoughts from our patrons. If you're the, at the $5 and above level, you get to send in your questions or comments from us to discuss here or topics that you want us to discuss here on the show. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash the top 10 uh, and uh, you'll be there. You can sign up there $5 a month. That's a Starbucks cup of coffee one time a month. That's it. And you get all these benefits. Uh, and we got some new things that we just discussed off camera that we're going to be announcing as well for the patrons. So things like that are happening here in 2021 with the top 10. Uh, I'm excited to get into this. Matt, are you let's, Start this bad boy. So we talk about whatever they send us and we never know. Uh, I believe it is my turn to start this time. So first one comes from Chris Lemke. What's up, guys? Hope you and yours are well in this new year. Few things can set the tone of a movie more than the timing of when it was filmed uh, or when it filmed rather. So my question to you is which season has produced the best movies? Side note, top 10 movies set in snow would make a hell of a list. I'm not baller enough to call my shot, but I'll throw up a Gordon Hayward half, uh, half court shot. Be well, Chris Lemke, uh, Gordon Hayward playing very well this year. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't throw up a half court shot from Gordon Hayward. You might injure your left ankle. So, uh, I, here's what I'll, I'll say to you. Um, usually I imagine summer is the best time for the most, enjoyable fun tentpole awesome movies mm-hmm. and the fall is when you're going to get those classic movies those great movies so it depends on what your taste is um when you talk about what season has the best movies best is a subjective term what is best what does it mean to you you know hmm. do you read that okay so i'm also reading it as you can tell it's like summer what season produced the best movies so when they're working on these they had to shoot more in the summer than they did in the winter just because it's easier to shoot in the summer. More people are doing it. You have different locations. Oh. So there's fewer movies to choose from if winter is part of the theme of your movie. So it kind of narrows it down. Oh. And unfairly skews. So now summer being the basis of that movie, like where it takes place. Of when it's filmed. Oh, see, I see. Oh, I see. I see. So you're. So I got caught up on the question, which is which, uh, which season produced the best movies. Yeah. I, thought, I think you could read it both ways. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying though. I think I uh, I prefer it that way. A few things can set the tone of a movie more than the timing of when it's filmed. So when it's filmed inside the movie, yes. even though it's not necessarily filmed during that season in the movie. Yeah. You know, that, you know movie magic makes it feel like it is winter when it isn't. Yeah, when you get um, like a Bond film at Christmas, and just like right. there's nothing about this that is Christmas. <laughs> Technically, if you're thinking of it like that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's summer by by a late, like maybe spring, late spring, but summer. It's there's so many more set. Yeah, I feel like fall produces the best movies. I, mean, I really qualitatively, 
Yeah, I think I think when I see a film in the fall, I think people feel a comfort level in the fall. You're through the hot ass summer. It's before the beginning of the cold ass winter. You're in that middle spot when the leaves are falling, and mm-hmm. you know you're going back to school. So you're seeing your friends again, maybe, or you're you know you're uh, you're start beginning of like the 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 hot uh, the season with hot with the Halloween, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas. So it's like that kind of area. I feel like. The fall is until it gets a little bit colder. Uh, you know, so you start to bundle up those you enjoy layers and what have you. It's a perfect time of the season. Nah, that's my opinion. What about you? I think qualitatively, more more, you know, all Oscar movies by and large come out in November and December. Right. So kind of skews the perception of to me, for me, the qualitative aspect of it. I just okay. think quantity-wise, there's so much more on the other side. Mm-hmm. That it overwhelms because even things the kids say, I don't know, Godfather, there's still the wedding scene, which clearly took place in the summer. Yes. Yes. Like it's a movie for all seasons when they're out here in LA. Well, it's LA. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty much summer for seven months and then spring and fall for a month and a half a piece. And then winter yeah. quote unquote for a month to six weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's already back to, it's going to be 81 today, supposedly. Yeah, I know. I walked out this morning go get some groceries and it was burning hot out there and i'm like damn it i know is winter so winter's already done okay that lasted three weeks yeah that was nice yeah it was was nothing i mean it's supposed to go back down but we have four straight days of above 80 out of nowhere yeah Yeah. uh this is good though i mean because it'll force me to get out there and walk do a little exercise which is driving me nuts um because I have just, I've put on too much, Matt. It's embarrassing. It's just oh, embarrassing. Yeah. I can't even look at my, I, I put on my extra large Adidas jacket. I could see my man boobs. And I was like, God damn it. So I'm mad at myself right now for getting soft, getting soft in the winter. Charlie, I, I, I'm getting soft outside the jungle. Charlie is staying sharp in the jungle, man. I don't like it. I think we all did. I like it. It's, I mean, the most sweets I've ever had over a Christmas this year. <laughs> Had fucking dessert every night for a solid three weeks. Every night. So I, put on weight. I have put on weight as well. It's, it's the first. She's a cheesecake. But, uh, I had everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And pie and candy. And uh, yeah. Like, apparently it was a candy, you know, a sweets party at my house. But. Uh, yeah, I started running again. We talked about it, but yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you Lindley's been dealing with uh, a double whammy, you know, like she lost her uh, the dog that she and her sister co raised, and her her dad unfortunately passed. Her biological father passed away. She has uh, slid into that por- portion of grief with is the comfort food eating, mm-hmm. and she's obsessed with a pecan pie from uh, Sprouts, and so she has been eating. You know the pecan, and I've been having a slice while she, you know, and it's, you're not, you know, you're not an animal. Yeah, I know because I, because also because like pecan pie is like my second favorite dessert to eat, but uh, uh, you know, with cheesecake number one. So it's like, oh, uh, you know, it's tough to resist, especially because that sprouts uh, pecan pie is damn good for a grocery pecan pie. It's better than Ralph's or any place else you can get it that isn't a fresh pecan pie. Uh, and so we swear by it, but if, you know, you know. Pieces start to go missing, and you just go, oh, you know, I, I got to have one here just to be, to come, but like you get nervous. But I know that's why I'm yeah. putting on the weight because I'm just, I just with her. Go ahead and take off. What's that? 
I said, this side doesn't look even. Let me just go ahead and take off. The <laughs> Bit of, ah. OCD takes over. Exactly. You just start winning. You do it. I walk past you, you get a fork, and you're like, Let me, I'll just take a bite. <laughs> it's not much. It's no big deal. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's a bag of carrots going yeah. bad in your refrigerator. <laughs> exactly. We we fucking we had guy <laughs> sitting with us for like four days. It was a uh, Christmas Eve. Went to uh, her dad's house. So it was you know her dad and her sister and us. Yeah, type of thing. And uh, somebody picked up two pies from Sprouts or somewhere like that. It was boysenberry and pumpkin. Oh, boysenberry is good, man. Yeah, you know what? The pumpkin was dynamite. Really? Okay. So right. boysenberry, I thought usually it's my you know blueberry and blackberry are my two favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, along with pecan pie, I like pie. I don't, you know, favorite stuff. Although yeah. I don't much care for apple pie. Really, oh, it's just boring to me compared to all the other pie options. Okay, okay. Um, I like I cherry pie over apple pie. I agree. Apple pie is kind of boring. Okay. I don't mind cherry. I like boysenberry cherry and what else is there out there? I don't like the pecan. Oh no, sorry, I don't like the peach pie. I don't like any of that stuff. It's I. When it's good, I like it better than apple. But that's not saying a whole lot because apple's pretty much my last choice. Although I don't do you like key lime and lemon meringue and no, 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 I don't. Key lime I don't like. Lemon meringue, yeah, I can. Mm. I like the crumble. What do they call sure. it? Where you do the crumble and if there's apple in that and it's heated and there's a crumble on top with a slight with a I agree. vanilla ice cream and it's melted in that's delicious. Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only time I really like ice cream with my pie. I like yeah. my pie. Just I like my pie solo. <laughs> I do, and I also don't like it warmed up. If it's already room temp, I'm good to go with that. You're all right. Yeah, that's fair. That's just because looking back over the course of my life, that's the vast majority of pie I've ever eaten because a pie sits around and you kind of just. So I like pie like that. Mm-hmm. That's I've had more of that pie. Uh, you know, I like sweets. There, <laughs> so I've had a lot of pies in my life. Hey yo. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> That's a different story. And I am married, sir. How dare you? I apologize. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Well, there's your answer, uh, Chris Lemke. Let's move on from that one. And top 10 films in the snow would be a lot of fun, but we're not going to give you credit for that one because uh, you're not a, a boss hog patron, I don't think. Yeah, but. and others have suggested it. That's true. That's true. All right. Let's move on to our next one here. Uh, CJ Clark, uh, Chuck Clark already uh, sending in another one for us to talk about here, as he did last week, I believe. He said, hello, Matt and John. I recently started watching The Crown. I was surprised to find that some of the historical, historical plot points, puts it in uh, parentheses for those who listen to us on the uh, podcast feed, are complete fabrication. So he said he was surprised to find that some of the historical plot points are complete fabrications, and some of these are crucial to the story they're telling. They also seem to leave out some important historical context as well. My question is, when watching historical drama, where do you draw the line between artistic license and lies? As always, hope you and all the listeners are staying safe and happy. Chuck Clark, hashtag Let's Go Mountaineers. Yeah, good question, Matt. Uh, I think lies seems excessive. Right. Uh, you know, liberties, I think. Yeah, fabrications, sure. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think it, for me, it just comes down to, is the quality of the product good enough overall that I'm willing to overlook whatever discrepancies there may be with the historical past? Right. Because already, already, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, they already take liberties with conversations. I mean, they're making up all of that. They just know, oh, it gets from point A to point B to point C. Right. 
So logically, how do we get there with these characters? And they, I'm sure every one of the people that's on that show, their real life counterpart is like, that's nothing like me. Yeah. Yeah. I never said that. I never yeah. said any of that. Every single one of them. <laughs> so that's every historical piece of art ever made. Yeah. I never right. fucking said that. So none of them are accurate. Right. What you're trying to do is get the idea, the gist of what happened here. And you get into the ultimate ending, but like how you get there, you take some dramatic license. And why would you, if you want to watch a show that just says everything, then watch a documentary. That's not what films are about or TV shows are about that are that are detailing historical uh, stories and, and mm-hmm. historical events. And they'll combine events or they'll move stuff around. But I you know, we did a deep dive of the crown, uh, Laura Kelly and I on, on my channel. We reviewed it and uh, I, I did a lot of historical research on the events that were. And mm-hmm. yes, there was some stuff that was moved around, but nothing was moved around that took away the overall meaning or point of what that historical event was supposed to symbolize or uh, what that historical event initiated or, or, or inspired. And so, yes, they took some liberties but they weren't liberties that overall destroyed the actual truth of what was happening in those scenes and in the uh, relationships mm-hmm. yeah. let me ask you this yeah. I, I guess technically spoilers but everything that happens on the show is within recent memory so that's yes, true you can look it up it's existed long before the show came out did you sympathize more with uh charles or diana from season three? Oh, diana uh not, oh, season three season three Oh, no, I'm sorry. The newest season. What is it, four? Yeah, four, four. Uh, Diana, absolutely. Fuck Charles. I mean, he was a, he's a jerk off. I've always felt that way, though, man. I, I When I had an obsession with Diana, man. I'm, I don't mean obsession. I guess I didn't have like a, you know, I didn't put up pictures on my wall or anything. Like that. But like, I I thought she was beautiful. And like this porcelain doll that you just, you thought would shatter at any moment. And the truth is, that's kind of her her like what she radiates, but she's actually stronger than you think. And so watching the show and then seeing that documentary in her own words and then watching a couple of things, you really get a more fuller view of who Diana is. And you also get a fuller view of how much of a um, selfish prick Charles kind of was, even though he's caught in between his mom or whatever, that scene at the end of the, of the, of the show, when he says to her, you know, like you've hurt the one thing I love and that's, her and it's the woman he is cheating on her with is like what the fuck is wrong with you so it's um, the thing though both Catherine and i ended up liking charles more wow how why for this reason every single person in this equation knew that he loved camilla right so did diana diana got into this situation knowing full well that he was in love with another woman and they were it wasn't going to work out, but his love for her trumped it. She knew there was seven billion things the show showed us going into it. So you really have no one to cry to, knowing full well you got into this. Now you can say she was eighteen years old. Yeah, she, was 18, she was a young girl, yeah. true. But you also don't seem unintelligent, so you knew full well. And people warned you, and people tried to intercede on, on Charles's side as well. And everybody was just kind of forcing this through because it was unattainable, and it's time for you to get married. Now, where I do say it's too far is when Diana was getting the attention and he got upset. Yeah. Which is exactly what actually happened. That's yeah. actually happened. And but the whole royal family was upset about how much attention Diana was getting, and they were not. You know? True. Yeah. But they've never had this happen ever. 
Right. I mean, Ever. Sure, yeah, but I mean, by the same token, if you're going to explain away the Royals' reaction, who, by the way, are older and should not, be more mature in this situation, then you can't, like, not explain away. Oh, you can't explain away Diana's. Yeah, but not when you hear every story about the aristocracy over the centuries. Yeah. Because instead of fixating upon actual real-world problems, they don't have those. So they fix upon... What they do in like uh, uh, American Psycho? Who has the best business card? Yeah, right. It's a, little, a little petty shit. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. It's yeah. all the money in the world. So the attention is technically the most valuable currency to all of them. Look at what happened to her sister when she gets forced out, and yeah. she wants nothing more than a role. But now they've had enough grandkids that in the succession line, you're irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Good and point all she that. wanted was the attention. It's like that's you took away the one thing that that's the real currency of that family. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the currency of attention. Yeah, sure, certainly. And so she, she she came in and completely slaughtered and, them with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just she was a fresh face, someone new, and she seemed more like them. You yeah, know. she was beautiful. She seemed she was a, she seemed like a regular person, even though she wasn't. Very much from a a rich, privileged family, yeah. but she was still figuring out who she was. So she's working as a teacher. She was a na- Oh, she was a maid for her sister in the apartment. Like. It was weird. She was kind of this girl who was figuring herself out. But so many people say that she fell from a very early age that she was destined for something bigger and then found her way to it. And I think that's where a little bit you'd be like, well, yes, Diana knew what Diana should have known what she was getting into. She wanted this, but maybe she didn't understand the concept. She's 18 or whatever. But I think Charles being in his 30s, it was his responsibility to be like, you know what? This isn't going to work. I can't marry you. I can't stop myself from calling her. I need to end this. Uh, but in the end, at least with the show, the way the show, it makes it seem like he's blaming her for the whole fucking situation. Well, he's blaming her. He's blaming his mom. He's blaming himself. Like he's, yeah. it gave me the reason I say it, I, I, I guess sympathize more with him is it was always tough to pierce the veil of what he was like. And if this is any kind of representation, then it humanizes him and makes it understandable to me why he reacted in these situations. Because over the course of the two seasons, you saw the build. It was not like this was, they just threw in Charles at the same time as Diana. Yeah. He also couldn't actively stop himself from cheating on her though, Matt. I mean, there has to be a little bit of responsibility on his side of it. But he's a prince. Wait, what does that mean? What I'm that? saying, well, look at the, once again, the historical context of where he comes from. Right. Having mistresses and sleeping around, you're the future king. You can do whatever you want. But I guarantee you, I'll put money on it that he never cheated on Camilla once they got together. Yeah. Because he loved her. He yeah. didn't love Diana, which is why he cheated. I'm not him. saying his actions were morally correct. Yeah. I'm just saying it gave me an understanding of why he may have made those choices. Mm. And whereas Diana's was, yes, you're a young girl, but you're not so naive that you couldn't see and didn't have people trying to intercede on your behalf. We didn't see really anyone try and stop her. She just cried to the queen. Right. And the queen was, (laughs) yeah, the queen was like, it happens. You'll move on. I love that. That's her and her husband's fucking guys. Get over it. Let's do this. And they're just like, no, I cannot. (laughs) <laughs> great yeah. stuff though i mean it's such a great sh- this, this season a good show. my favorite season i think of, of the series okay uh, yeah yeah i think i would say that although the first seasons oh i mean the seconds uh no i guess the first season's really good with churchill yeah with john lithgow and churchill yeah yeah yeah, yeah i like that one i like the second season the introduction of the kids was a little rough yeah um just because i was enjoying so much kind of living with the parents right but now that we've gotten through the other side, just like they're adults. So it's interesting. Yeah. 
I still say the third episode of last season, the th- season three is still the best episode where she goes to that mining town. And uh, I know it's crazy talk that it was beneath the royalty to go and visit. Yeah, right. It, not beneath, but it just I, you show up once everything's been cleared because they have a job to do type of Nick. Like, yeah, but moral support right now would be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Just to let that's, the nation or th- them know the nation is with them anyway. Yeah, that's why creating that distance between you and their people is can be t- dangerous. You know? Yeah, in today's age. Yeah, right. Today's age for sure. Uh, I hope we answer that for you. So uh, thanks, Chuck Clark. Uh, appreciate the question. So what's All our right. next one? Pardon me. Next one is for Darren Wright. Ah, nice. What's up, Darren? It says, it says funniest comedies of all time. If you've not done it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Darren, no. We know exactly what you're doing, and so does everybody else. I'll move on to the next one. Uh, Lawrence Witt says, hi, guys. I hope you had an excellent new year. I had a question for Topic Thunder. I recently watched Fury Road again over the Christmas break. I loved it the first time, but each time I catch it or rewatch it, it goes up and up, and my estimation is becoming one of my favorite films of all time. Is there a film that you have found that creeps up your estimation the more you see it? Keep safe, Lawrence. Hmm. Um, and if anybody would like his business email or mobile phone number, just throw us a couple extra quid on the side. Yeah. Quid, yes. And he's from the uh, UK, so right, right. Some pounds and pence. Uh, exactly. It's you tough know, to say, Matt. I, I see a few. I see so many films, dude. It's tough to see if there's. A few it's hard to remember. That's come up in my estimate. I will say this: we're, you know, we revisit, we're revisiting uh, a couple of films for the cinephiles. And uh, rewatching Godfather, you know, you forget how good that movie is. If it's been a while since you've seen it, you watch it again. You're just like, man, this is actually a goddamn good film. It still holds up, still has the power that it had the first time you watched it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that's one of those ones that kind of grows in my estimation every single time I watch it. Really? It's it's not already at Mount Everest, the top of Mount Everest. And you're like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to put this pebble down. It now stands. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's vacillating. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, but it's right. the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, had you chosen it's another of his, be like, oh, if you go back and rewatch this, like over the years, you know, the conversation the first time I saw it, I thought it was good, and now that all these years later, I think it's great. Right. Whereas Godfather, you, I know damned well the first time you saw it, and you're like, that was great. Yeah, true. I'd say Rogue One then. Uh, a Rogue One, every single time I watch okay. it, I love it more and more every single time I watch it, and. Um, I don't get people who don't like the movie. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. I can't compute it because it is I, such, me either. A, a, such an enjoyable film. Dude. Well, it's the same people that that say Last Jedi is the best. Yeah, sometimes yeah, it is the same people. And you're like, right. all right, I don't. <laughs> I want to do an MRI of your brain versus my brain watching that movie. Both of them, <laughs> Rogue One and Last Jedi, and see what the difference is. <laughs> between what sparks in each other's brains because i think we're wired differently i don't understand it yeah. what are you watching that i'm not what are you seeing on yeah. the screen that i'm not seeing on the screen or, or the just, just like we talked about with wonder woman but yeah within last jedi it's just like yeah but the the 12 things leading up to this one scene you are not like it's bugging me that those things just happened even if the scene is cool yeah yeah uh, cause at yeah. this point I'm fearful that it's just going to keep doing this. And guess what? That movie does. <laughs> uh, I mean, it comes in waves when it does. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. But still it does it. Yeah. 
But Canto Bite could be the worst sequence of scenes. My oh. my least favorite in all of Star Wars. A million percent true. A million percent the truth. I mean, oh, the worst section of it makes no sense. We don't need this for all. They just happen to find another code breaker who can do the job that this other dude is supposedly the only person that could possibly do it. Yeah. And then... He wasn't even sent as a spy. It just ultimately turns out it was happenstance that he happened to be there. So it was like, well, what was your plan otherwise? And then how does this, there's, st- I mean, so it doesn't matter if something cool happened with him. I have 50 questions leading up to that character development. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest movie. I'm like, wow, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. Mind blowing. I'm looking at uh, some of the films here. Some of the films? What, what, which of the, some of my films here and some of the films out there. Oh, your DVD collection? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let me just open the file that sits on my computer and I can alphabetize it or automatically oh. by date <laughs> added. If I have any notes, length, <laughs> I just click a button. It's so easy. Oh, it's so easy. easy. It's pretty amazing how that works out. Try it some thought. <laughs> and it weighs um about 17 electrons when I have to move this laptop ultimately. So <laughs> uh, I'm picking up your sarcasm. I'm, sarcasm. <laughs> I'm laying it on as thick as possible. Um oh, I told, yeah, that's another one where once I got introduced to digital, the people that are like, I yeah, the tactile nature of Holding, or if you're looking forward to it, and they have a special release, like it comes in this cool little metal box, and yeah, 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 all that stuff. Like I get it. It just I've moved enough times where I don't want to have to move a box of DVDs. I finally just gave them all away. Although now I need them for this stupid thing I need to shoot. Oh, okay. Well, I just need a box of old VHS tapes, and I had two of them up until this past move. Right, right. And I finally found somebody that was willing to take them. There you go, man. Enjoy. About. Yep, I don't want to watch any of them ever. <laughs> I, I do like though uh, Fury Road. I think that's a great one to keep revisiting and enjoying and watching and um, having a fun time uh, watching it. Uh, what's I guess what's another one that I would say? I don't know. It's weird because like I I go back and watch scenes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's kind of my thing. Yeah, I do that quite a bit. Yeah, lately. Yeah, going just for very specific ones. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see if what there's some suggestions here. Gone up. I'm trying to now just go down director's filmographies in my head. Like any of these guys have something. Oh, you know what? One that, that genuinely has is Cinderella, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. First time I saw it, I was like, yeah, it's good. And then... um it might have been you, whatever, when we first started and saying, no, it's really good. You need to go back and rewatch it. And I've since probably, you know, in the course of the six years, watch yeah. it a couple of times, maybe three. Yeah. Uh, and it really is. I don't know what I missed the first time around. I think it's always timing. It's like, you know, Could whatever, be. whatever you're, you know, wherever you're at in your life or, you know, maybe there was just something at the time that you watched it didn't quite click with you. And then maybe now. At the time you did rewatch it, there was a, something else going on. So you had a, a different approach to it or diff- it, it, you consumed it in a different way, I guess, is, is something you can say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, didn't that come out in like the fall? Yes. Yeah. At a weird time, late October, early November, something. It wasn't, 
Yeah, yeah, could have been October as well for sure. Yeah, or maybe there was a re-release in October and it came out in a different time. It just didn't have any buzz, and I saw it and I was like, eh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but it is that. But it's also it's like yeah, but it's a it's an excellent version of that. This you know is what I mean? That type one. of prestige, yeah. the prestige. Okay, I think it gets better each time I watch it. Okay. I like that one from the jump. So I did not. I thought it was a bit distant. Um, I had seen the illusionist. So it was, I was like, now this is a magician film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. No country for old men. Absolutely. When I watched that film, I was like, this is, this is great performances. But I didn't really, I didn't really get it. I didn't really connect okay. to it, and that's why I thought there would be blood should have won Best Picture. But every subsequent time that I've seen No Country for Old Men, it has kind of rocked me every single time. Um, I think and, it's more rewatchable than there will be. There will be blood. I agree with that a thousand percent. Even though there will be blood is a fucking masterpiece, it's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it also, you know, it exacts a toll. It does. Lord knows it exacts a toll. <laughs> yeah, I. Read the book, so I was already kind of keyed into. I knew what the aspects of the movie were going to be like, and it succeeded. So I liked it from the start. Yeah. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It makes sense. So the more you see it, you're like, "Wow, this is even better." You know, it really holds up. Yeah, plus the dialogue, the Coen Brothers, and the casting. Like they, when when uh, Tommy Lee Jones is with that older, heavier kind of a white mustache sheriff, and he's just like, "It's the dismal tide." Well, you know, what? Well, Go ahead, please. Well, once you, you know, once you start saying, stop saying, ma'am and sir, I think it's just a slippery slope after that. You know, it's just the back and forth of, because those are guys I knew growing up in Southern Virginia. I would hear those conversations every once in a while. And so it was, they captured that so perfectly, man. Um, No, when I go, so all my family lives in the South. Outside of my immediate family, my parents live in Colorado. My sister lives in San Diego. My brother lives in Nashville. Right. Most of my mom's side of the family lives in Nashville. My dad's side lives in Baton Rouge. So I've been going to the South from the North my entire life. And you get down there, you say, ma'am, more yes. than you've said it. And forever. Yes, ma'am. You hold the, yeah, no, ma'am. It's, it's, and I love it every time. Um, there is an aspect, you know, that it rings of truth. I think where the movie succeeded for me better than the book, and I've said it in the past, but if yeah. anybody's new, uh, the Tommy Lee Jones kind of list listlessly looking out uh, his window and pondering, what was all this for? Yeah. What was the point of my life? And that was lost to me in the book, mm-hmm. whereas just seeing him do that, it's like, wow, there's the impact that I didn't get when reading it, but I don't know that I was the right age to read that mo- mm-hmm. that book. I liked it, but the end it's an adult philosophical question. And when you're 20 yeah, and you've, you know, you've taken philosophy classes at that point, but you think it's all bullshit kind of is kind of is. Okay. Well, it's got a lot of merits. There's nothing wrong with thinking about abstract thoughts and just thinking for the sake of thinking. But to say that one interpretation of thought is correct over another, I think is a slippery slope. That's why I think philosophy is horseshit. Okay. You know, to some degree, at least, in the beginning classes that I took because the grading was just all over the place. Right. Uh, it was the whims of the teacher. If they were willing to accept your argument that day, you're like, 
seems like a weird way to grade things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's just, it seems arbitrary to your mood and our interactions and whether or not you like me really, or if it's a big class, which my first ever philosophy class was one of those huge 200 seat hall type things. Right. Um, you don't know any of them. So it's just, it's like script readers. You know what I mean? They only like one out of how many, I don't know. I've only known a few people that read scripts. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, um, all right, we should wrap up there, man. We're at 32 minutes on this one. So uh, thank you all so much. And thank you, Lawrence Witt, for that question. Uh, we have, a, And listen, we're running out a little bit of questions. So please send in your uh, uh, suggestions, topics, mm-hmm. questions. We're almost caught up here, so we'd love some new ones. If you're a $5 and above patron, you got questions about life, entertainment, food, sports, anything at all, uh, let us know and uh, send it in and uh, we'll discuss yeah. it on the show. And give you a shout let's get, let's get more food ones because did you see how both of our eyes lit up talking about pie? Yeah. <laughs> Just, let's have a barbecue question. Oh, no. I've been trying to get Catherine to go get barbecue with me for a while now, but she... There's, there's, dude, there's no good barbecue. Down there. no good barbecue. It's tough. There's There used to be one down near Sports Arena. Oh. Yeah. Um, but it was it, it was good. It wasn't great. LA's got some decent barbecue. LA's LA's got good barbecue. Yeah, Bloodsos, even Wood Ranch does in a pinch. Go up to what is it, Mister Hogley Wogglies or whatever the fuck yeah. that is. Yeah. Uh, there's like two up in the valley that are good. There's Blues in Venice. Yeah. There's a Blues yeah. You, yeah. You got a you got a decent number of barbecue joints. I think it's Mister Hogley Wogglies. It's something ridiculous. I almost uh, drove up. I almost drove up the other day. For some wood wrench. Like, I almost was like, well, fuck it. If I get there by 11, I can have it, get done by 12, drive home. But I was like, what, you, what is wrong with you? Well, you need to. Hours to have barbecue. You need to get south of the 15 to get some really good Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. There's true. good Mexican in San Diego. That is, yeah. Yeah. I, I used to love that about that town. She said the uh, Lindley's her sister says there's like this uh, place that's kind of a shithole looking place and it's the best Mexican she's ever had. It's like total mom and pop place. Yeah. Kind of needs to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's going to be truly authentic, that's true. Uh, it's the food sells. <laughs> exactly. You're buying for the taste. Yeah. You're not buying because I got nice fucking painted walls. You're yeah. buying because you like yeah. the fucking food. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get out of here. Thank you all so much for uh, watching this episode of Topic Thunder. Matt, what do we what do we tell them, man? Uh, just head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and uh, hit us up over there. And I think that's it for today. Follow the show at Top 10 Show. You can follow me at uh, Matt Nost or the Instagram account uh, at the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. I'll look it up as you're speaking just to verify. <laughs> no problem. You can I'm getting old. Me. Hey, aren't we all? You can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. And yeah, like Matt said, we got ourselves a YouTube channel as well. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, great. Please remember to give it a like and leave a comment down below. Uh, if you don't know about our YouTube channel, just type in our names and the top 10. It'll come up there and you can subscribe to it and watch all our content uh, and uh, give likes and comments and what have you. So now that we're monetized, really helps for you all to kind of elevate it by uh, giving likes and comments uh, and uh, putting a few few a few shekels in our pockets a few pennies a few pounds uh in and our yeah, we genuinely have uh, stuff cooked up starting in february for yeah. patron members so yeah. if you're looking to join we'll announce uh i guess technically they heard it on this past tuesday's show oh yeah all right we'll so go back and yeah refer back to that yeah 
refer back to that to understand what we're talking about. So now is the time to become a patron of the top 10 for sure. Uh, all right, that's it. We're out of here. Take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you next time on another brand-new episode of Topic Thunder. Ooh.